There she goes. Okay, so that's on. Um, I'll, I'll get it started. Okay. What's the podcast called? So it's it's uh, in, in the wrong place at the right time. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just going to wing it. place at the right time. I'm Brad Hicks, and this is Dan Zesvorka. Or, 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 <laughs> I don't think that's what you were. No, no, so just keep it I'm going. I'm with Dan Zesvorka. Just keep it going. Okay. I'm with Dan, or, uh, I don't know how. I'm here with Dan Zesvorka. Wait, am I introducing you? Welcome. You're in the wrong place at the right time. I'm Brad Hicks with Dan Zesvorka. Here I am. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this story, Brad, and I might have told it to you, but this is one of the favorite stories uh, of my high school students when I was teaching high school the last four years. This was the one they liked the best. Well, this this story happens in San Diego, uh, where we were mostly from. Uh, we moved around a lot and, and left San Diego early in life, but we were mostly from there. And there was a time when we were there in transition, Kelly and me and, the, and my two daughters. And uh, I needed a job. And so I looked in the, the one ads and I found uh, this job being a bicycle courier in downtown San Diego. And I'm like, that sounds fun, <laughs> riding your bike around downtown and delivering things. And so I got the job. Quicksilver. Well, that was that movie, right, yeah, with Kevin Bacon. It was exactly like that. Yeah. Yeah, and this this was back in the, the 90s. Anyway, so I get this job, and it works out to where I can get a, a locker from the city to put my bike in downtown. So I, I just take a – the, San, uh, the trolley, as they call it in San Diego, the, we call it light rail here, took the trolley down every day, got out and uh, would get my bike out of the locker and then just start my job. I'd never actually ended up going into the office. I uh, worked uh, for about a year, bicycle courier, downtown San Diego, and actually ended up being probably my favorite job of all time. Wow. Yeah, because it involved exercise, it involved being outdoors, it involved times where I was rushing around uh, delivering things like crazy, it, I, it involved slow times when I would almost just sit and read a book all day. Um, 
it was very, I really liked the job. The only downer of it was, or the bad part of it was, that I didn't get paid hardly anything. And that's usually the case. That's what Kelly did not, <laughs> he did not like that at all. It was more on commission and I ended up making very, very little money, even though I enjoyed the job. I got going all over Denver. Ah. But yeah, that wasn't going to supplement our family income. No, it, I had I literally had two other jobs I was working at the same time. Yeah, Three and then I, I, I should have been working another job mm -hmm. probably, but I was trying to make that work. I loved it though, but it was great. So anyway, I would go downtown and then they would phone me and tell me where I needed to go pick something up and go drop it off. And I'd be riding... I'd ride maybe 50 miles a day um, mm. in this job. Pretty good exercise, actually. Sure. Well, I get down there, and within the first two weeks or so of the job, uh, I'm riding my bike downtown, and there's certain people waving at me, like, hello, like they know me. And I'm – it's like a little – Almost waving you down? Yeah, like, no, like, yeah no. as I go by, they wave oh, to me, waving, and yeah. I, I – I wave to them and I'm like, wow, they're really friendly down here in downtown San Diego. And these were a lot of times it was people, just uh, street people or people on the street. And uh, it just seemed weird to me, but I'm like, okay, well, they're friendly and that's nice. Uh, and it kept happening. And, and then uh, eventually people uh, would stop me or when I was stopped would come up to me and say, hey, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in a while. That's, you know, I was wondering if you could give me some of that, those, those, uh, these drugs or those things. And I was like, well, I don't sell drugs. And they're like, you know, you know, you can trust me. And they would look right into my face and they would say, they would be asking me to sell them drugs. And I realized after this happened a few times that Somehow I looked, looked like exactly like a drug dealer, drug dealer in downtown of San Diego. And apparently he was not there and I was. And so I became this drug dealer to people. And I it was weird. I, I mean, there were times there was a time when this guy came up to me. He put his arm around me. This is in the street. I have no idea who this guy is. Puts his arm around me and says, hey, man. Remember when we did that really great stuff over on Fifth Street and oh, it was so great. I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not the guy. I, I look like the guy, but I'm not the guy. And you go, no, no, you remember. You remember, man. You, you're good with me. And he just went on and on. And I could not actually convince this guy that I was not the drug dealer. And that was the case with most people. I apparently looked exactly like this guy. And it was very weird. So I'm delivering stuff, and I'm being, and I'm getting these relationships with these people that think I'm a drug dealer, and I keep explaining to them I'm not the drug dealer. I thought you were a drug dealer the first time. <laughs> I've actually had other times. I have other stories, which is weird. I don't know why I get nailed for this, but I've never done. I've never been a big drug guy, so that's what's weird. Anyway, so this goes on. And I'm riding around, and, and, and I'm, I'm half delivery guy, half drug dealer, downtown San Diego. Well, one, uh, I had a friend, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Shapersky, good friend, um, and he asked, he wanted to meet me for lunch during my work day, 
And so I said, hey, yeah, let's meet at Balboa Park, which is a big park in San Diego, really uh, up on the hill above uh, downtown San Diego. And I said, yeah, let's meet there. Uh, we'll have, I'll ride my bike up there and we can have lunch together. And so we did. We met at, at the park. We were in the, sitting on the grass, not far from the road, and uh, we're enjoying our lunch. And Dave was always a very encouraging person uh, for me. And actually, he's, I would say, uh, the funniest guy. I mean, real dry sense of humor, but very funny guy. He's probably the funniest guy that I've known. I've, I love his sense of humor. And we're talking back and forth. And as we're talking and eating, uh, this blue car, I, I think it was kind of an older car, sort of lowrider-ish looking, blue car pulls up uh, on uh, against the curb near us. Uh -oh. And this guy gets out and, and, and um, I'm looking at him and, and he walks right up to us. And he says to, and he looks at me and he says, you're a dead man. We've got guns in the car. We're going to kill you right now. <laughs> I don't know why he told me. I had no idea why he told me. And Dave looks at me and we both like, we're ready to pee our pants. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it was, he was a scary looking guy. And, uh, and I'm like, and immediately I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not the guy you're looking for. I'm not the guy. I look like him, but I'm not the guy. And he's like, no, you're the guy. And Dave's like getting all nervous and I'm nervous. And, and he's like, no, you're the guy. And I'm like, no, really. A lot of people think I look like him, but I'm a bicycle courier. I am actually not that guy. He's like, you, you can try to get out of it, but I, I'm not going to believe you because you're the guy. I know you. I know who you are. And so I'm getting really scared. I'm like, I, oh, God, I'm going to die. And Dave's like, I'm going to die along with it. You know, he was like, and die. he's saying, no, this guy, I know him. I've known him for years. This is not the guy you're thinking of. And he's trying to interject. And the guy's like, hey, shut up. And he's 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 like, no way. You're were there other guys in the car? There too? was some a guy in the car. Yeah. And uh, and and I was scared. And so I'm like, well. And, and I was a Christian at the time. And I am a Christian. <laughs> I was a Christian at the time. Oh, my gosh. It's all changed. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and so and Dave and I, and we, we, we uh, shared faith with each other, and we were Christians. And, and, and so I thought, well, if I'm going to die, then I'm just going to go out. And I'm going to – obviously, this guy needs some God in his life, and he needs yeah. some – some love or something because he's out killing people <laughs> and I don't I'm just so I said I'm not going to try to convince him anymore I'm he just going to start talking to him about he could use this lovely message I know I'm going to give him the message of God and, and maybe it'll save your life turn from your sins and <laughs> accept God and, and oh, so yeah. I said to so I I changed my tactic in my mind and then I said to the guy I said well I bet your mother, I don't know why I went with the mother thing, but I said, I said, I bet your mother it believes in God and, and that she's praying for you and that she doesn't want you doing this. He's like, leave my mother out of this. What are you talking about? And I'm like, you really need God because it's, I sounds like your life is, is not what you thought it would be. And you're out here threatening people and, and, and want to, 
to kill other people. And I think that's just not a good way to live. And God, God wants you to change. And I know your mother, uh, I just kept bringing in his mother. That I know your mother is praying and wants wants you to change. And he just, it's, it's, no, what? stop it. What are you talking about? That's it's, stupid. And It's amazing the boldness that you can come up with when your <laughs> life is being threatened. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> I'm like, I want to go to heaven. And, and, and God says, hey, you died talking about me. That's pretty good. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to die this way. And uh was so nervous. And I just kept doing it. And, and, and Dave started throwing in things about Jesus and God. And, and the guy... He was, he kind of was on, it, it put him on the defensive. He was torn a little bit. He right? was. And because the mother thing I could tell was getting to him and I had no clue about his mother. <laughs> about five minutes in, he's like, he started looking at me and he's like, no, you're, and he kept saying, no, you're the guy. And I'm like, no, I'm actually not the guy. He's like, no. And he was doubtful and he started doubting. He's like, no, you're the guy. And I'm like, no, I love God, and I'm I'm actually trained to be a pastor, and I'm doing this job as a bike courier, and I'm not the guy you're looking for. No, nah, you you look exactly like you're the guy, and he kept going back and forth, and so he was starting to doubt, and just at about this time, uh, which was really great, uh, they had police officers that would go uh, through the park that would cruise around the park, but they were on horseback because the park is so much just grass and trees and not a lot of roads through the park. And so in the distance to see this police officer on horseback riding our way, not right towards us, but in our direction. And he noticed this guy. And and so he's looking and he's saying, I'm going to get you. And he looks over and he sees a cop and he gets there. And so he takes off and he runs back to his car. And he jumps in the passenger side of his car and the police officer is fairly close by now and he speeds off. And Dave and I just look at each other and we're like, oh, my God, what just happened? What just happened to us? We, yeah. we, we thought we were going to die. And, and, and we now we have another chance at life. But is this guy going to come back and get me or not? And the police officer ended up just riding by on his horse. We didn't know. We didn't stop him. And. We didn't know what to do. And, yeah, you didn't say anything to him. Uh, we finished our, our lunch pretty quickly and, and left that spot. Uh, but it was, you know. Did you ever see the guy again? I, I never saw that guy again. Cause so I think he might have ended up believing me yeah. somehow. But I never, he never, I was kind of nervous about it for a while, but he never came back around. Um, the thing that that ended up happening with this, which actually was a a good thing is that I would often start talking to people that thought they knew me. And so there was this one homeless family, a mother and two teenage kids that were living on the street in downtown San Diego. And they started waving to me from the first week. And so I, I waved to them and and I stop and I'd start talking to them. And so I slowly got started getting to know them. And they would often hang out by McDonald's. And I would uh, every once in a while give them a little money to, to buy McDonald's or something. And I thought, wow, I really want to care for them. I really want to find a way to, 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 to love them and, and to get them off the street somehow.
I didn't know anything. But one day I'm riding around my bike, uh, trying to find a good spot to read a book because it was a slow day and realized there's this huge fountain in front of a of one of the government buildings that uh, they were cleaning out. They had dry, they had stopped the fountain, they had clean, uh, dried out the water and it was up a little above eye level. So I, uh, there was a ledge and I climbed up and looked inside and I realized, wow, there's a lot of money in there. There's mm -hmm. a lot of coins, a lot of coins. Uh, people have been throwing coins in here for for years <laughs> and they're, they're all over. And I'm like, nobody knows about this because you can't see inside. And then it struck me. I thought, oh, this family with the two kids, one of them was a boy. The younger was a, a, a boy, probably middle school age. And uh, I thought, oh, I'll go tell them about it. And he can come and he can get up there and clean out, you know, climb in there and get all the coins. And so I go ride my bike around and I find them and I, I tell them, hey, there's this fountain they're drying out and there's a ton of money in this fountain. And uh, and so the, the, the mom sends the boy with me. We go a few blocks and I point out the fountain to him and I'm like, here, I'll give you a boost. And he's like, OK. And so I boost him up in there into the fountain and he's up in there and he's just, he's filling his he's pockets. He's raking in coins. He's filling his pockets with his coins and then wow. his pants are weighed down and I give him like a, uh, a grocery bag or something and he's putting, and there's a ton of coins. I mean, it was wow super heavy, like quarters and pennies and dimes and nickels and, and maybe even some dollar coins. And it's a good haul. I was like, I was so happy. I was like, here, they could, they could eat off of this for a while. Mm -hmm. Even though they were all really dirty, <laughs> they had all this yeah. silt on them from the the fountain. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and he and then he gets down. I help him down, and and I just felt really like okay, this was a good step. Um, in the long run, what ended up happening was that uh, Kelly and I uh, invited that those that family to come live with us. And for a while mm -hmm. to try to help them find ways out of homelessness. Mm -hmm. And, and, and she, they did, the three of them came and we had a house where we had a room they could live in and they lived in that room for a couple weeks. Unfortunately, when, it, uh, when it, there are issues that, that really prevail over people that, that lead to homelessness often. And one of the issues was that the, the mother uh, was struggling with schizophrenia and so she was very paranoid about uh, the police taking her kids, about them going to school and getting taken away. Or she she was very nervous, and I could tell that was that's what led for them to be on the street. The kids seemed like pretty uh, pretty clear mentally, but they didn't want to leave their mom, and their mom was always moving them from place to place to avoid getting picked up by the police or, or, uh, uh, child protective services. But this was, this was all a result of you looking like the drug dealer. Yeah. So I, I ended up being a drug yeah. dealer who was able to invite a family home for a couple of weeks and try to get them some help through the system, which I, I think they got, did end up getting some help, but the, their mother was so nervous about that, that she ended up running away with them because she thought that somebody was out to get her and, and take away her children. Mm -hmm. But who knows in the long run how that affected those kids and 
uh, how what that might have led to them for them. So being I was totally in the wrong place. I was in the place of a drug dealer and in the place uh, of being murdered <laughs> and being killed for my for my uh, trade and uh, but was able to be there at the right time for a family, at least for a family for a while. Mm. Uh, actually, and this will lead to another story down the road, but there was another woman who ended, uh, who was a crack addict, uh, a good friend of ours, Janice. And I will tell that story. Um, but she, I lost track of her for a while. And we actually met downtown when I was, walking my bike i heard this voice from behind dan and I'm, i turn around and i'm like janice and it had been maybe a, a year or year and a half since i had seen her and we were we just embraced each other and and i was able to catch up with her and actually find that her life uh, had turned completely around now this this had nothing to do with being identified as a drug nothing drug this drug this drug was guy. a this okay. was uh becoming a friend with a crack addict. So yeah, uh, drugs are involved in a lot of my stories, but. Were you a bike courier when you met No, I, this is a completely different story. I, I, you're going to crack up at this, Brad, but I was actually a shopping cart pickup man. So people who took their shopping carts away from the store and they ended up in alleys and ditches and in front of houses. I would drive around all day picking up these so you, shopping carts. You drove a truck that you could put those in. Yeah, I drove a pickup <laughs> and I'd load them full of shopping carts to take back to the supermarket. And uh, so that's a little teaser for the next story. Maybe I'll tell that story next. Uh, but if you want, you've got time now, probably. But I no, got, this is a very this is a long well story. Right? Yeah, okay. more involved. So, but I'm great story. Yeah, great job. Great story. You have um, you have told me that story before, but but uh, yeah, my the kid, high school kids love that. Mister yeah. Z is a drug dealer. <laughs> Looks you drug dealer. You what know, that guy, I'd love to see what that guy looked like, man, and put you guys put well, you guys up side by side. And I know there was actually, and I don't know if this was the guy, but uh, one day I was right. I was riding in a car. Someone was driving, a friend was driving, and I was riding in a car, and we were behind a pickup truck, and there was a guy sitting in the back of the pickup truck, and I looked at him, and I saw my own face, and this was not downtown, it was more inland San Diego, but, and I was uncomfortable, I kind of looked away, I was like, but I was so curious, because I'm like, this guy looks like me, and the driver of the car said, that guy looks like you, and and we're driving for a few miles behind this on Sweetwater a Avenue. And I kept looking at this guy and he kept looking at me. And I'm like, that guy looks, that looks like me sitting in the back of the truck. And I have no idea if that was the guy, but it was in the same era, same time. And I was like, this is, that's kind of weird. And then the truck turned off and, but never ended up. Uh, so no, this was in the nineties, right? 
Yeah, this is uh, 95. What, what color was your hair? Did you have the same mustache? I had a, a mustache. I had kind of probably more like a mullet back then. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. mullet. I it was blonde, blonde curly hair. I actually used to have blonde, really bushy blonde hair. So you did. Okay. I, I looked more like a drug dealer <laughs> than I do now. Um, for you listening out there, I'm pretty much balding and uh, – very short hair. I still have a mustache that's white uh, now. Had a mustache pretty much all my life. Well, there you have it. Uh, wrong place. Good story. Right Good story. That's it. <laughs> Goodbye. Who's <laughs> <laughs> gonna say that's that's all? Oh, or how about say, that's all from the wrong place at the right time. Okay. That's all from the wrong place at the right time. Perfect.